0: Hey, everybody, you know, Steve and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and a whole lot longer than that as addicts in long term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, to heal betrayal trauma and to reclaim your relationship.
1: And we've gone ahead and poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first of its kind program for addicts, spouses and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four
0: times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge
1: and tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you guys have done on your journey for healing and recovery, we guarantee you have never done anything like this.
0: You know, we've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. Please don't reinvent the wheel.
1: Guys, come on, let's get real. Tomorrow never really comes. Don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at DareToConnectNow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain
0: and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the pbsE
1: Squared Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, Mark and Steve on the pbsE Podcast. Uh, this is episode 150. Wow, 150. <laughs> this That's is wild. 150. Wow. And still going strong. And we, of course, love all of you and appreciate you because
1: you make all this possible. Coming up on three years, man. A couple I of weeks.
0: Th- I think it is. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. to celebrate. Man,
1: gosh. Yeah. Wow. I know. Absolutely wild.
0: And one of you wrote in uh, about a situation that you're experiencing. We wanted to address it on this podcast today. Uh, it was uh, a really raw and real uh, entry that was sent to us pretty long. So we're just going to summarize it. <clears throat> yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's a woman who's been in a relationship with a partner for three years. Mm-hmm. And recently, he came to her and he disclosed that he's involved with pornography. And he had kept that a secret during their whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And he he was sincere. He, he 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 really felt good about the fact that he had been honest and had divulged that to her and that he, he promised her that he was going to start working on it. He was going to do things about it. But then a short time after, his attitude changed. He kind of did a 180-degree turn and suddenly started saying that pornography isn't a problem, <clears throat> that it can actually be healthy uh that sh- that she's really the problem in all of this hmm. and so his whole attitude turned around and went in an opposite direction <clears throat> of course leaving her very confused and you know very very betrayed and feeling uh, extremely gaslighted and then going on uh to explain that they've actually been in couples therapy and the therapist there also reinforced his position that this is This is healthy. There's really nothing wrong with it by itself, Uh, you know, that it's other issues. And so she's just really, her world is spinning because of all of this. Mm. And so she asks us a couple of questions at the end of uh, sharing all that with us. And she says, what do you do as the partner of someone who is not accepted or fully acknowledged if they have a problem? Is there anything that I can do? And the second question, is it possible to enter into a successful recovery from porn addiction without believing in God? Mm -hmm. She also, I failed to mention that uh, they both had uh, religious upbringings, but uh, are not currently involved in any kind of a faith uh, and don't, you know, don't, uh, belief in God is not something that's a centerpiece of their lives. Mm -hmm. So that's why she asked that question as well.
1: Okay. Well, and, and these are great questions. Um, and I think that, you know, in answering these questions, we're probably going to do a bonus prize here a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And on top of that, we'll, we'll give some thoughts about really how to tackle uh, maybe the more root of the problem as well. Um, because these are, these are both good Mm -hmm. questions, but they may not be the full, you know, real answer when it comes to uh, the actual problem. Um, so uh, I guess let's start off with these tertiary questions first, the ones that she asks, and then we can kind of dive into it. What do you do as a partner of someone who has not accepted or fully acknowledged if they have a problem? Is there anything that I can do? I would say that the answer to that is absolutely yes, while at the same time having to having to really give away or acknowledge that your sphere of influence is limited, right, to the other person taking whatever choices or actions they're willing to take to, in terms of acknowledging things on their end. Um you know Mark and I have a strong background not just you know we 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 specialize in working with <clears throat> sexual compulsion and betrayal trauma and those kinds of things but we both have worked for years and years in substance abuse other forms of addiction we've spent a lot of time doing that. And when you're working with anyone dealing with any addiction really um at the end of the day um there are lots of different ways to go about it. Uh sometimes people organize, you know, formal interventions where they get the whole family together and you know, you have a problem and here are all the reasons why and whatever the case may be. Um, those those were kind of a fad for a while. And there's lots of different ways of doing that. But at the end of the day, the the only way you can really confront somebody who is struggling is to try to approach them when they are at their most vulnerable, meaning that they're, they're most open to change. And oftentimes that can be shortly after a relapse or when they're experiencing the consequences of it. Um, although it's not required, but then you, you do what we call, what we say, which is, is hold up a mirror to them. And we, and you talk very transparently, I think about two things. The first are the ways in which this is impacting you and, or the relationship that you have with the person. And you may lead out with that depending on the dynamic and you don't hold back. The key to that is to be vulnerable and detailed without becoming toxic or attacking, right? You need to know exactly a how much I love you and care about you. B because I love you and care about you, I need to be totally honest with you and transparent, and tell you you know exactly the impact that that you using porn is having on me, and how I feel like it's impacting our relationship. And then you and then you also uh, do the same thing uh, by by you know from my perspective, just on the outside looking in, I'm concerned because I feel like it's impacting you, in these ways. And again, you get very descriptive about that. Um, you get detailed. You use examples. You, you know, you do, but you do that from a place of not trying to determine their reality for them. The best way to elicit the possibility of somebody responding to that is never through "Hey, you're crappy at X," and let me tell you why. It's to be able to say, "This is my truth in terms of how this is impacting me." right? How this is influencing me, how this is, how this is coming across, you know, what, what effect this is having, um, whether, but, but that does come with that risk of, of letting go, right. Of the outcome and recognizing that at the end of the day, a partner does have, uh, you know, sovereignty when it comes to how they will respond. But the one thing that you don't want to do, <laughs> and that's a good thing to say, is when we do get, we were talking about this on our Dare to Connect program, actually for addicts, spouses and couples uh, last week. I, I, we can tell you, Mark and I both as addicts, that when our, when it came to our spouses sharing with us, it was so much better when our spouses would get pissed or angry than when they would get vulnerable and show their pain on full display in a vulnerable way. Because that would kind of cut to the core. Being Having my spouse angry or get toxic with me in many ways, as an gave me gave Mark an out, right to not have to fully take on those feelings and and that ultimate expression. And it makes sense why partners oftentimes approach with anger. Uh, lots of reasons we can't cover today for sake of time. Um, but the more vulnerable and open you can be with that, and just put that on full display, the best chance you have of of making positive ground there.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of voices out there that try to get that you know get into these big giant debates. What is yes. pornography? What isn't pornography? Is it harmful? Is it healthy? Right. Is, is it an addiction? Is it not? Um, is this just a religious issue or right in the end the, the debate and the arguments go on and on and on. And you'll, you'll notice in our podcast and the way Steve and I approach it, we don't get into any of those issues. Why? Because this really comes down to what does this mean for you as an individual? And for for your relationship as a coupleship, you know, that's what, that's what matters, right? It's why our, it's why our, our, our other in-depth program is called dare to connect. And so does pornography being in the relationship, it is, is it a connecting thing? Do you feel more connected? Do you feel more oneness? Do you feel more cherished, appreciated, exclusive? Do you feel more loyalty? Right. What, so what, what are the results about, about the impact it's having on the individual and the relationship? That's what we care about. Yes. That's the place to focus on. You know, I would, when she, when she shared that, you know, this guy had come forward and was very sincere and humble and put it out on the table and was willing to work. And then he did the 180 degree turnaround. I recognized that immediately. I did that yeah. lots and lots of times. I kind of call it, you know, coming to yourself, realizing your true higher self, you know, all the integrated parts of yourself that make you whole and put you on a path, you know, of a life that, you know, that, that is rich and and full of the things you really desire. You come to all of that and you realize, Hey, this, this uh, pornography activity I'm involved with, it's really not harmonizing with who I think I really am and what I really want out of my life. There's, there's, there's some dissonance here and I'm feeling it and I'm feeling what it's doing to my relationship. And so I want to change. And if you're not careful, if you don't, if you don't jump in with both feet into that initial recovery process and surround yourself with support and and start moving forward, that compulsive, you know, reward-seeking, pain-avoiding part of your brain will talk you out of that new reality really quickly. It's actually quite shocking how much you can reverse that position in so short a time. Yeah. And I would suspect he probably had gone, who knows, searching for things on the internet about what others thought about it. And I'll have, I'll have guys early in recovery say, well, I've read about couples that watch pornography together. And they have an incredible relationship. You know, they bring up all of these examples and, you know, the counselors who say that it's, that it's a healthy, awesome thing. Um, so he probably had a lot of those influences and now he's kind of headed off in, in another direction and she's sort of standing there holding the bag, you know, wondering Mm, what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, these, you know, at the end, Mark said that so well, at the end of the day whether whether you're the i mean i would say as, as again as in our experience as addicts nobody at the end of the day could make mark and i see that we had an issue right the only way that that came about is as we watched the external consequences just continue to mount right because you can call it a problem or a nod or whatever but there's no denying at the end of the day the implications and how that's impacting one's own life if one gets honest with oneself and is this taking me closer to the person that i want to become or further away right um i uh i i would say that one of the unfortunate things that we we see with spouses oftentimes and can pick up some of this in the questions that were asked by this partner is is sometimes we get pulled into this idea that in order for my truth to be valid i need i wouldn't say acknowledgement but maybe validation by my partner that it is That in order for it to be valid, right? In order for pornography to be a problem for me, I need them to be on board with that. In order for it to be a problem for the relationship, we both have to agree about that. In order for you know fill in the blank with whatever. And the and the reality is at the end of the day, is you have you know connection always happens from the top down, and each of us has to decide what do I need in a relationship in order for it to be healthy, right? Your partner gets to decide that, but but you as a spouse. Get to decide that, and we can call it an addiction or a compulsion or not. And you can get off in the weeds about that all day, but at the end of the day, what what does that all mean? It means that you know I have to decide. You know, am I is this is this path one that I'm choosing? Right? Is this relationship authentic for me? Given these behaviors, is this something I'm willing to go along with and not? And the and 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 you're at a well, I don't know if we're going to call him an addict partner, right? We don't. We would argue that that's the term that we would use. We but they know. have to. They have to decide that same thing, and that's really scary in a relationship, right? Because it's always scary when we come across issues that you know they're where they they are significant enough that you know if we can't find some sort of a consensus on in terms of the direction that we're going, that may mean that the relationship may not work, right? And it's and it's always scary to 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 have to face that or to look at that. But, at the end of the day, it when it, it's one of those concepts where it's you know much easier to understand than it is to Im- implement. one has to just be really honest with oneself. And I mean, if I'm this partner, if this partner was in my office or in Mark's office, one of the things that we'd be saying is if if he at the end of the day is bound to determine and we and it doesn't sound like he is necessarily. but if he is bound to determine to not change, if he's not willing to acknowledge as an issue, if he's not willing to make any sort of changes or 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 move directions then the then the question for you becomes scarily simple is that something that i can live with and be happy with or not and is that authentic for me right and, and, our, and when i look at all the positive components of this relationship and all the ones that aren't desirable do i still find myself wanting to choose this at the end of the day i have to decide yeah um, and that's that's hard simple but hard well, and I'll tell you what happened
0: for me. I mean, there's also the question, can you be in recovery if you don't believe in God?
1: Yes, and the answer yeah. to that
0: is absolutely you can. For sure. Right? There, there are many. Now, do you need to have some sort of something that is that is higher, stronger, more expansive than you by yourself isolated? Yeah, you do need that to be in recovery. But in many, for a lot of people, that's, for example, the recovery group. And and that that higher power they can turn to becomes the group consciousness. I yeah. have clients I've worked with where they, you know, for them it's been nature to go off in nature to feel, you know, the higher higher feelings and powers. Others, it's universal love. There's lots and lots of ways to come at that. So we got we gotta be careful to not get caught up in, you know, recovery is this whole God thing. That's not true, it isn't it? No, one,
1: absolutely not. Not what it I, is at all. I have several clients I work with that don't reference from with a higher power at all. Yeah. They're choosing recovery because they see the symptomology and the problems in their life due to the unwanted behavior. Right. And you can again, get caught up in the semantics and, and addicts to be fair, love to argue this kind of stuff because it's distracting to the bigger argument all day. Is an addiction? Is it not? What are we calling it? You can get into that all day long, but at the end of the day, the thing that's inescapable is, is again, the implications and the consequences. When I'm working with a guy who meets meets kind of the profile of what this woman is describing, I don't have an issue and I don't have a problem and I don't know what her deal is and whatever. I mean, that's very much how the conversation looks. Look, man, I'm not even here to try to, I'll tell you all day long if you want my professional opinion, what's going on here. But if you're not willing to hear that, that's fine. But the thing that you can't, you can't, you can't avoid is that like it or not, this is devastating your partner at the end of the day. It's betraying trust. It's hurting the relationship. It's destroying intimacy, both physically and emotionally. And that is the reality of the situation. So again, it's kind of a similar conversation with them. So you have to, at the end of the day, come to reconcile with yourself. Is that a problem for you or not? And I'm not here to convince you of that or not convince you of that or whatever. You have to decide, has this, because that's how it happened for Mark and I. I mean, I wish I was one of those mythical those mythical guys that you sometimes hear about, like the white rabbit of recovery that one day just wakes up and is like, oh my gosh, I just need to change this. And not because of any consequences. I just want to be a better person. Those people exist. I was never that. No, I very much got into recovery straight up because it was either that or lose my relationship. (laughs) And I decided that for me, it was more authentic at the time to be able to choose my relationship. Now, the reality was, is that, I also needed to choose myself and do a whole bunch of other things I wasn't aware of because of the state of mind I was in. Right. But at at the end of the day, that's where the rubber met the road at the time was just being real with, you know, which which is more authentic because I can't, as my wife put it very eloquently. Unfortunately, you just can't have both. You You just need to decide which of these is more true for you. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you what happened for me. I mean,
0: I was caught up because of my, my religious upbringing, very much in the God aspect of this, right? It, it's immoral. It's wrong. It's evil. It's dirty. You're going to go to hell. I was caught up in a lot of that and it caused me a great deal of shame and tried to have that drive recovery for me for years and it never worked. It just never did. It was, it was, it was grossly inadequate. I'll tell you what did work for me. So, what when I finally started to get really solid in recovery, here's why. I started to wake up to the fact that I was sick and tired of, in essence, having sex in my mind and in my fantasies with thousands and thousands and thousands of women. I was sick and tired of all of that, right? Playing the field, going into a public space and scanning and undressing people and it basically ruled my life and I got to where I was sick and tired of it because what did I desire at the center place of my heart? I desired exclusivity. I wanted an intimate, close, loyal, bonded, best friend relationship with another human being. I longed for it. And in living life, the way I was living it with my sexual outlets, that was not possible. Yeah. I couldn't do both. It's not possible. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll deb- I'll sit down with them all day long and say you cannot have both of those that I just described. Yep. Agreed. So I just got sick of it. And I said, I I want this close intimacy one-on-one with another human being. And I don't want to be distracted and pulled away by all these other thousands and thousands and thousands of I'm going to call them relationships because they are, they're yeah. not just images, they're relationships. The other side of that is my wife felt the same way. She says, I, you have the right to go have all these quote relationships and to indulge in all this, but I yearn to be exclusively with someone. I want to feel like I'm cherished. I want to feel like I'm the only one. I don't want to wonder when we're together intimately, you know, which of the, half a million women you've seen you're thinking about, or are you with me? Right? She also didn't want to have that, what would you call it? Fragmented relationship, right? She wanted to be all in, and I wanted to be all in. That's why I chose recovery, not because of a God issue.
1: Yeah, we hope that this helps guys. There's lots to obviously say about this. And and the good news is, is for, for this spouse and for lots of spouses out there in the same place, you know, one of the many things that we teach on our dare to connect program is that you can get better whether or not your spouse chooses to as well. Yeah. Um, re- thankfully recovery doesn't, you know, now the relationship's a different story that does require both people working towards it, but you do not have to wait around and find hope and healing, uh, with them. Um, that can be pursued on your own. One of the big questions we get with Dare to Connect is, "Can I join this, or should I join it if I'm only one half of a partnership?" Our answer to that is a resounding yes, absolutely. Whether you are attending the addicts group, the spouses group, or the or the couples group each week, or one of our support groups on the weekend, we offer you know five different sessions during the week. There is lots to be gained as a, as a as a partner of an addict attending an addict session, just as much as there is an, a partner attending a partner session. You can pick up information and knowledge about them, about yourself, how this process work works. Look what addiction looks like, what healing looks like. Uh, you find a place of healing and support and recovery um, with other people who are going through the same thing. Our weekend support sessions are, frankly, the we're getting gangbusters, awesome, awesome feedback from them. Um, being able to connect with other other partners in the same position who can give you advice and. Real time feedback on what's working for them and what's not, and all of that. I mean, those are those are things that are very hard to come by outside of something like that. We would love to have you guys come try that program. um Do it for yourself. Don't wait for your partner if they're not ready. Oh well, that's okay. You are still worth recovery, regardless of what they're choosing to do or to not. Um, you can find more about getting a free a free two week trial on that. We have that going through the re- the end of the year at uh, DareToConnectNow.com. We'd love to have you guys join us over there. Um, and uh, if you have other questions that you would like addressed on the podcast as we're moving into a holiday weekend here, you're welcome to uh, email us. Uh, well, not email us, but if you go to the uh, if you go to the uh, podcast website, pbscpodcast.com, there's a contact form at the bottom there that you can send us questions. And we would love to briefly tackle those here uh, and hope to see you uh, both on future podcasts and also in that in our Dare to Connect program. So. Sounds great. <clears throat> Have a great rest of your week, a great
0: holiday, wherever you are in the world. Hope this time of year is uh, has has joy and connection for you. And we'll uh, see you next time on
1: PBSE. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.